The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So one of the ways that Sayadaw Utejaniya teaches, and this, this day long is in the style that he teaches, although not completely because the way he would teach would be to give you about an hour of instructions in the morning and then leave you alone for a long time. <laughs> um, but the way he likes to teach and the way I find very helpful with this style of practice is to hear from you what you are experiencing and to respond to that. So that it's, I'm not just speaking into the void. I mean, I have some thoughts about things I could say right now, but I want to hear what you are experiencing and um, respond to that. Yes, in the back there. Uh, And for uh, this center, we use the microphone so that others who are um, who have difficulty hearing and are using the hearing assisted devices can hear and also so that the people listening on the internet can hear. Hi. Um, I have a problem that has been plaguing me for a long time and it is that um, I tend to go into the tightness in the body um, When I did the walking meditation outside, I noticed that um, every time the tightness came up, came up it just pulled me in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I felt that I was doing something wrong. I thought that I'm supposed to be just aware of it and not really experience not. What I mean is not experience it so like merged into it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I merged into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to it. But then I remembered that this is how this is my experience right now. Yes. And I'm aware of it and instead of resisting the urge of being with the tightness it's okay if I notice that I'm merging into it. Yes. Um, my question is this, um, and then I notice that once I'm aware of it, you know, I was, I was walking, and then suddenly I had to stop because I, I felt that I I, I don't know if it's the word, I did pay attention to it, but I felt like I was pulled into feeling the tightness. Mm-hmm. And once I felt the tightness, it's, it's relaxed. It, um, and then I found myself, you know, uh, walking again. Uh-huh, yes. And then a few steps, I had to stop because I felt the tightness again. Yes. Uh-huh. And then, you know, once it released, I walk again, and after a while, I felt that um, because I was afraid of not noticing anything, just being with tightness, but I felt that if I just allow myself 
to be with the flow of the experience, um, I wasn't really pulled into it. You weren't? I wasn't really, well, I mean, I, I felt it and not be lost into it. I think my concern has always been that I might be just, I might be lost, lost into the experience. Yes. But, so was I lost in the experience? It doesn't sound like it from your description. <laughs> It sounds like, I mean, I can't tell, I wasn't inside your mind, but uh, um, it sounds to me like you were noticing, like you said, you noticed the urge to be drawn to the tightness, and you didn't resist that. You were just aware of it, and then aware of the tightness, and then you noticed that your body stopped, and that you um, noticed the resistance, I mean, noticed the tightness, and then it diminished, and then you walked further, and then the tightness re-arose. And you notice that process several times. It sounds like uh, you were just right with what exactly was happening in the moment. So that's, that's the basic practice. Um, did you check your attitude? Yes. And what was your attitude around the um, experience? I was fine with it. You were fine with it, okay. So that's, that's fine. Uh, it sounds like you were doing the practice exactly as I described it. Um, so, but one additional piece that I'll add in is that it also sounds like the being pulled to the tightness in your body is perhaps a habit of your mind. That it's something that um, uh, is kind of something that your mind does a lot, and so it uh, it reinforces that doing of it. Um, so when I first went to practice with Saira Utejaniya and he said just notice what you're aware of I went and I reported pretty much when I relax and notice what I'm aware of it's always the body and he said well that's a habit so at times from time to time consciously when you notice that you are pulled to the body that you're pulled to the body consciously relax and check into some other experiences so not to not to really resist that pull but to notice occasionally other experiences to begin to break that habit because that strong habit will reinforce itself it may even reinforce the tightness so um the way into it for me was basically to start with the habit of the mind. You know, I'd relax, I'd notice that the mind went to the body, and then I'd check into, and how do I feel right now? You know, in terms of the, the experience of the mind. He really wanted me to start paying attention to what the mind was noticing as opposed to what the body was noticing. And so in that being with the body, I'd check in and say, well, how's the mind right now? And I'd, I'd recognize, oh, the mind is actually pretty calm, pretty happy, pretty at ease, pretty relaxed. And I hadn't noticed that because I was so focused on the body. And, and so that gave me a little bit of an inroad into letting go of that habit of the body. So it's not, I didn't force myself to let go of what the mind was doing already, but just added the checking of, and how is the mind right now? So it sounds like you did that some with the checking of the attitude. You might linger a little bit in that feeling of, this feels okay, I'm okay with this. I feel calm, I feel at ease, perhaps some sense of curiosity. You know, noticing how the mind is responding 
but we'll begin to break into that habit of just being pulled in over and over again. Thank you. So I too have been struggling with tightness in my body and one of the things I found earlier this morning is that if I sort of put my attention to where the tightness is, once anyway this morning I can see where it came from, what the experience was this morning, and then I can, it was easy to let go once I saw that. But then there are other times when it seems like I can try and put my attention to the tightness, but it just is a struggle and it doesn't seem to go anywhere. And I feel frustration, bewilderment, confusion, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then sometimes I will, it's like disengage or step back. I will say, okay, let's just let that go. Um, and so there's, sometimes there's a struggle between wanting to go inward with my attention to where the pain or the tightness is or to disengage or step back from it and go to my breathing is what I usually, mm-hmm. what I would like to remember to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, doesn't always happen, but sometimes it, sometimes it does. So if that struggle of either going inward or disengaging and I guess usually I try and go inward first. If that doesn't work, then I disengage. But then I also try and check out my attitude. But can you say more about checking out the attitude? Because I'm not sure I can notice frustration or I can notice desire to go inward. Or but I'm not. I don't. I'm something's. I'm. I'm. I'm not getting to checking out my attitude. Do I? Okay, so in that place of the struggle that you mention, you know, anytime there's a struggle in terms of being with anything in particular, as I mentioned, that's a good time to check the attitude. And you're noticing, you actually noticed and could articulate, you were experiencing frustration, bewilderment, confusion, um, this sense of not knowing, do I go in, do I pull back? So you were, you were noticing some of the attitudes. Um, so can you hover with, the experience of frustration, of the wanting things to be different. You don't have to pick any one and try to tease them apart or say, um, okay, this is the frustration, this is the wanting things to be different, this is the bewilderment. And you just kind of take in the, the, the whole, what's obvious to you about that whole experience of struggle? There's a feeling of struggle. What's obvious to you about the struggle? There may be some, some um, you know, tent- tightening intention elsewhere in your body than the place where you are observing it. There may be, um, you know, some reaction in your face or in your jaw. Just what is obvious to you about that experience of the struggle? So taking your attention away from the actual experience of the, uh, the tightness that you were looking at that created the struggle in favor of just what struggle What is this struggle like? There may be bodily experience, there may be mental experience, there may be thoughts, there may be um, moods. And can you just notice those? Does that help a little bit? Yeah, I think to some degree I was doing that, but what... um, Well, one of the things is that... um, 
I guess, is I, is, uh, I should be doing something about it or more about it or I, I want to do more about it. And More about which? About getting through the, the struggle. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't like this. I don't want to be in a place of struggle. I want to be okay. in a place of relaxation, <laughs> peacefulness with my breath. It just feels better. The other thing, though, is that I, I actually can let it go and try and step back and just, okay, this is a struggle. But the, it's like I started thinking about pain and um, how pain is just a distraction. I know I, it, that's a, probably a whole subject for another day, but how to, how to deal with that pain because sometimes it's more, it's, sometimes it's just more of a distraction. I can't let it go. It's it's really hard to let go of of that pain. Because it p- keeps pulling the attention. Yes. Yes. Okay, so a couple of pieces. You mentioned a couple of things. One, in the being with the frustration, sometimes when, they're, when we're in the midst of observing an attitude, so you, you've got the feeling of pain, and then there's the frustration, the struggle, you check into that. Then there's an attitude about that. There's a struggle with the struggle. There's a not wanting the struggle. There's a wanting to get rid of the struggle. That also has to be recognized as something that's happening in the moment. So there's the, you know, the wanting to push away the struggle, the wanting it to go away. And so that's an additional filter that's on the experience. So just keeping recognizing, essentially it's like backing up. And what's my, what's my experience now? Oh, frustration. What's my attitude about that? Don't like it. Okay, there's the not liking. And again, it's just whatever's obvious about each of these experiences. What's obvious to you about not liking? What's obvious to you about frustration? So that's the kind of pure instruction around it in terms of working with the attitude. Um, Now, sometimes it's really hard to work with these kinds of things. You know, frustration comes up... um, Anger comes up. There's a lot of emotional responses that we have in our experience. And simply hanging out with it, we get reactive to it. And looking at the reactivity to it just kind of makes us more and more reactive. So there are some ways, a few tools to work with that kind of response. The first one is uh, to just come into the body you know, actually direct the attention into the body and see how is the body responding to this whole complex of experience. I mean, because the, the, the reactivity can get fairly, fairly complex. It's, it's not just a single emotion often. There's many different emotions. And so what is that? How does that whole complex of experience impact the body so that you are taking yourself out of the thoughts around it and just allowing yourself to come into the body. Um, Curiosity can be helpful if you can engage some curiosity around the experience. That can inspire a little bit of interest in observing, which helps to take away some of the resistance that we have to experience. So if you can, you know, just kind of, and what's this about? Well, this is this is interesting. If you can if you can generate that kind of an, uh, uh, a sense, that can help the being with the experience. Another 
tool or technique that Sayadaw Utejaniya recommends and that I find extremely helpful when I'm in a state that feels like it's present and not going anywhere, you know, that it's just this is the state that's happening and the being with it. It's, it there's some resistance to it, there's some reactivity to it. Then I, there's a, a, a kind of a recollection that's helpful, the recollection that this process that's happening right now is a very natural process. It's a result of causes and conditions. It's just the, it's like a tree growing, you know, it's, it's, it's the result of the nourishment in the soil and the seed that was planted and the water and then this, this tree grows and the reaction of frustration and bewilderment as a result of the pain and your whole history around working with pain. It's a natural response. It's just what is happening in your mind at that moment. And the reflection that helps to, or the, the reflection that kind of consolidates that whole thought is this is nature. Just to drop that thought into the experience while you're working with something that's challenging, just reminding yourself this is nature. This is just a very natural thing that's happening. It's a product of causes and conditions. Not particularly a problem, it's just what's happening. So using that phrase, this is nature, is bringing some wisdom into the experience. It's, it's bringing a little bit of the wisdom around experience being a result of causes and conditions, experiencing be, experience being a process, not a thing. And it can help to take a little bit of the identification out of it because it's just, it's not me, it's just nature arising like a a tree growing in this moment. So reflecting on that, this is nature. Another way that I find helpful in working with emotions um, when I'm caught in something is to basically notice a kind of roughly three states around that experience. So there's the state of the struggle, there's the state of uh, the bewilderment, that whole complex that you're talking about. Then, so there's that state. And when, when can you be with that just as it is? Then there's the resistance to it which happens a lot. And so when is the state complicated by that resistance? And then when is the state not there? When is it gone? When do you notice it not being there? So those three things roughly. When are you able to be with the the state as it is? No resistance. When is there resistance? And when is it not there? And for me to recognize also that that whole fluctuation between those three ways of being with that state is also just a process. That's also nature. It's not particularly a problem if we're resisting the experience. That's also nature. So those are some thoughts around working with some challenging uh, states of mind. 
Then with respect to the question you asked about pain and being pulled into it and that it's kind of a distraction that you have difficulty not being with the pain. That, that, that's challenging and it can wear the mind out sometimes, you know, because pain can be very wearing. So it's really helpful to cultivate something in your experience that can be a kind of a refuge for you. Um, now, I don't know where you're feeling the pain. Did you say it was in your back? No, okay. Um, neck, neck and shoulders. Neck and shoulders, neck. okay. Um, where do you pay attention to your breathing? Your abdomen. That's the, that's the, I was smiling because that's the, that's been the answer in that form. I mean, that's been the best way that I have found to, um, to cultivate something is to, is, is the breathing. But like I said earlier, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to remember. And when I do remember, I'm very grateful okay. for, for that. It's just that I don't, you always, don't always remember. I don't always remember to go to the breathing and okay. to, and even and it's even sometimes a struggle even when I think about the breathing to really go to it. Uh-huh. I've sort of readopted counting the breaths as a way to stay on track with the breathing. Yeah, and that that seems to help. So, as much as you can remember doing that, it will support helping you to remember and to let go of the pain. So it's a process. You know, it takes some time. So yeah, you can use the breathing there. Um, for others of you, just in case there are others of you in this kind of situation, sometimes there's a pain in the area of the torso that you're working with. In that case, um, if you find that the breathing is kind of close, where you pay attention to the breathing is close in proximity to where the pain is, often then the breathing is not a good object to go to because the being with the breathing may, it's so close to the area of the pain that it'll just keep reactivating the um, experience of pain. So it's not so much of a refuge. For you, it sounds like it is. So you can, yeah, keep going there. So for those of you who are experiencing pain in the body where the breathing is, is close to that, and often emotional, strong emotional experiences are this way. You know, that I've found that if I'm experiencing a strong emotional experience, going to the breath to work, to to try to uh, calm and settle the emotional experience hasn't been so helpful for me because this area is very uh, active when there's a strong emotional experience and paying attention to the breathing in this area, it's almost like I just keep getting pulled back into the emotion. So I found it helpful to cultivate some alternate anchors where I could go to let go of the, um, the, the emotion or the pain in this area. And for me, hearing is probably the best way because it it's, tends to be pretty expansive. It takes you out of your body um, 
you can kind of relax and just allow the, the, the field to become more spacious because hearing, um, you're hearing things from such a distance, often it, it produces a sense of space. So hearing has been helpful for me in that kind of a situation. Just relaxing and allowing the sound to be kind of just like you're listening to music, to not necessarily try to identify all the sounds, but just to kind of relax and take it in. And, you know, just pretend it's a John Cage symphony. You know, just the sound of the leaf blower, the doors closing, people moving. It's all just this abstract symphony of sound. Uh, again, it does take remembering to, to do that. Um, but that slowly over time, remembering to let go of the pain, and it's, it's the habit. It's the habit kind of that I was referring to before, the habit of being pulled into the pain. And we need to consciously try to break it. And it takes time, but it can be done. The other piece is that if you allow yourself to first check into the attitude, so you feel the pain, you feel the frustration, the tension, the tightness, just allowing yourself to be aware of that whole complex of the emotion arising, the attitude around that too, it takes you a step back from the pain and maybe in that space you can, ha- you can have a little more chance to remember, oh, and it's also helpful for me here to move to the breathing. So cultivating that recognition of the struggle might also support your recognition. I have a choice here. I can actually move my attention elsewhere. Nancy. So my question has more to do with how Utejaniya teaches this or kind of the specifics in the sense that as I've been listening to you, my question keeps changing because I find this a very um, agitating kind of practice because there's so much to pay attention to. And anything has kind of an infinite regress to it. You know, like I can see aversion, I can see my aversion to my aversion, I can see my aversion to my aversion to my aversion, and then I can calm myself down. I can kind of do that managing of the energy, but I kind of have the sense that Utejaneya does not teach this kind of managing, but rather just awareness. Well, he does teach some managing, actually. Um, he teaches, I mean, if you've, got, if you've got that kind of infinite regress going on, that's not helpful. Well, but also just so many things. So there can be the, what's going on in the mind and various parts of the body, and you know, all of which is kind of at the same level, but there's tons of it. Yes, and so are you um, finding the mind kind of searching it out, or is it just relaxed back and getting impinged on? Getting impinged on. Impinged on, yeah. Um, that, that's, you know, a state <laughs> that we get into. Um, and if you, then it sounds like you notice the aversion to that that state. So um, you can manage it some to settle yourself down because if you find that infinite regress happening, then that's not so skillful. So, well, I, I don't want to emphasize the infinite regress so much as the impingement, that there's just so much going on and I'm used to 
going to the breath as the primary object. I see. Okay. So um, see what happens for you if you just allow the impingement. Can you relax around that? That is what's happening. And to not try to do anything about it. I'm wondering if there's a subtle kind of sense of needing to do something about the impingement. Of needing perhaps to catch it all. Well, it's more like it's really interesting. (laughs) So That's part of the agitation is the investigation just really goes into high gear. Okay, so so that's interesting to notice. So what happens then is your attitude is is interest. It's uh, perhaps a little, maybe a little too much interest. Maybe the interest itself is... um, has a little clinging to it. So what is interest? Look at the interest itself as opposed to the impingement. So you're in that state, the interest arises. Oh, this is interest. Interesting, interesting has happened. <laughs> and see what, um, what that experience of interest feels like. Now try that and see, see what happens. Dan. Andrea, this is... Is it on? Oh, yeah. This has really been very good. Um, I, I meditated for a while, and I always thought that if I can look at what's happening and what's happening as I'm in the body or I feel this or I feel that, that was it. You know, I was doing it. And then I would check the mind, and I'm pretty okay with what's happening. And, but it, did, it, it didn't, doesn't seem to go anywhere in this, this your... your um, idea that this is a habit and maybe one can break the habit and go someplace else. That's really, I think that's going to be very useful. We'll see. So I just wanted to reinforce that. I was going to tell you about my being happy with where I was in the body, but I don't need to do that now. <laughs> um, and uh, one other thing, sort of, it's very interesting, but at the somehow the whole day I'm there's a presence of rainbow, uh, somewhat very subtly down below, and it's, and it sort of adds an extra, um, uh, a bit of uh, life to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it somehow, semi seeing things through her eyes or remembering, and it's an extra bit of uh, spice to what everything else that's happening, and so. Yes. It's, uh, no, it's not unpleasant at all. It's very, it's... So, yeah, just it's a, really yeah. feeling the heart. I mean, yeah. for me, that's mm-hmm. been a lot of what's been present, mm-hmm. is that feeling in the heart. Yeah. So, so, that yeah, allowing that to be mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. infused, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be focused right. there, right. but, you know, oh, yeah, there's that feeling kind of ever-present underneath. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I usually check in with myself when I'm uh, in sitting meditation. 
and the durations of time between each meditation uh, allows for other dynamics to take place and um, every so often I'm blindsided by uh, thoughts or emotions or uh, uh, attitudes that leave me off balanced and on center and I think that if I were to increase the frequency of awareness contact uh, with myself and the external world that uh, perhaps a state of constant awareness of being aware can be eventually uh, uh, trained mm-hmm. yeah the uh, the movement here is towards continuity of awareness and it's not so much about um, trying to see anything in particular but cultivating a continuous awareness that has a balanced attitude behind it. And that itself begins to reveal impermanence, the nature of things as unsatisfactory as a source of happiness, and the fact that everything is just a process, an ephemeral flow of experience, and that there's not a thing or a person or an entity here either experiencing it or uh, doing it. So the continuity itself is really where the power of this practice comes in. So that's where we're we're moving, is uh, just beginning the cultivation of this recognition of awareness, reminding ourselves to be aware regularly, noticing whatever's obvious so that it's not a heavy thing. I think that's, that's so crucial with this practice, is to not have it be a heavy, heaviness, to the mindfulness. And this will allow us to, to carry it not only in, in our sitting meditation, but into our day, into our daily lives. Uh, often I think people find a, or feel a resistance to being mindful in daily life because it's like, well, I don't have time to be mindful. I've got all these things to do. Um, but this kind of very light approach to mindfulness can just like very gently ride on the experience of whatever's happening. It doesn't have to feel like something extra or added or a burden over time. I think uh, after this particular sitting with you, um, I may consider checking in uh, every hour on the hour. (laughs) Great. (laughs) To develop a... Uh, a continuum of consciousness in a way. Yes. Yeah, great. Min? Uh, Richard? Um, So during the sitting, I was really um, experiencing a lot of physical pain, like 
um, in my solar plexus area. Um, so I was really struggling with like being aware of um, the pain because the pain was so overwhelming. I could hardly like sit sit still. Um, so as I was struggling so much, um, I was in so much pain that um, I was like thinking, God, I I gotta just give up this awareness thing because <laughs> I was I was like really having um, so much pain. So I just dropped it, and I felt um, my shoulders drop a little bit, and um, a little bit of tension was let go of, and um, and then I could like sort of later, um, sometime later, I could like hear other things, um, but then I my mind was thinking, well, um, maybe this is like avoiding my pain. So I, I I better like go into my pain like more pay attention to it. Um, maybe this is my aversion or what um, whatever. So um, I was I was trying to do that, but then um, I think the pain was lessened. So my mind kind of drifted off, and I feel better now. But I think you were talk, talking about the heaviness of awareness. I think that's what I was doing with yeah. the pain. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. You're kind of forcing yourself into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like be aware of this, right? And right. Uh, as opposed to just more relaxing. Another another thing in the um, being with pain, being with strong emotions that I just remembered from what you said is um, that when you're in the midst of something like that, sometimes the heaviness does kind of, the heaviness of awareness kind of pulls us in. And it's like, pay attention to that thing. And I find it skillful sometimes to kind of open up the awareness and say, okay, this is one thing among thousands that's happening right now. So that you're not trying to push it away or not be with it or avoid it. But just, okay, there's that thing and there's hearing and there's... Uh, breathing and there's other emotions going on and oh yeah and there's that pain and the, you know to kind of just put it into context in a sense so that it's a little less of the heaviness on that thing and it sounds like that's a, almost the way you went you know by oh I got to let go of this and you you thought of it in terms of letting go of awareness but then you noticed other things it was a lightening of the awareness as opposed to a letting go of the awareness and also I um like a question arose like can there be happiness um at this time like I couldn't really feel happiness um I could feel a little bit of like peace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it was interesting to see that there was there could be um possibility of like a duality of um pain and some and peace yeah peace yeah that's beautiful thank you Um, and this will be the last one for the morning. So the instructions felt very right, and I um, wasn't struggling. It was very, very pleasant to go th- systematically through the directions. And I could see whenever my mind went into thinking that there was an equivalent, even if subtle, um, tensing of certain muscles. So I was able to gradually as the morning was going through releasing different parts of my body 
um, which was feeling very wonderful. However, what happened as the morning went uh, on is that the more I got relaxed and the more I got steady and quiet, I was aware of being very, very tired. Mm. And then the moments of awareness started to get fewer. So I w- wanted to ask you, um, is Utegenia into um, recommending that you intervene, like opening your eyes or breathing in a certain way? Um, because once the awareness goes... Yes, uh, he's definitely into intervening in terms of finding ways to encourage awareness. So mm-hmm. whether that's just reminding yourself, okay, what's happening? What am I aware of? Oh, tiredness. I'm aware of tiredness. He's not, not necessarily, not that you need to intervene to get rid of the tiredness, but what can you do to support your awareness of the tiredness? Um, it's possible to be aware of tiredness, and sometimes we have that view that when we're tired, it's not possible to be aware of it. So just can you, can you feel, oh, this is what the body feels like when it's tired, this is what the mind feels like. There may be a little less of uh, preciseness to the awareness, but um, it can be there. So if you're noticing that um, the mind is drifting more, that it's, it's not as present, you can... Um, and can remind yourself a little more frequently, perhaps. Because it sounds like you'd gotten pretty present, so you didn't need to be encouraging or prompting so much. And then conditions change, and we need to maybe prompt a little more frequently. But so the, the, the question for me was, it was a very physical thing. I needed to do something physical in order to make my mind to come back again and again to be aware so I don't know if I'm, I'm right, but it felt like I needed to do something physical, like maybe I was considering maybe standing. It's, it, those, you're, you're welcome to try those things, to stand, to open your eyes, to encourage a little more energy into the system. Uh-huh. I would, um, with this particular technique, I'd first see if you can simply recognize the tiredness. You can actually be aware of the tiredness to a pretty great extent mm-hmm. that oftentimes it's a belief we have that oh i'm tired so i can't be aware that's um, true and so um um just hold the possibility that it's just oh tiredness you know tiredness feels like this and you know your body might slump and like <laughs> That's okay, just what does it feel like, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, notice the heaviness. And actually I find when there's sleepiness or tiredness and I'm not resisting it, it's actually pleasant. You know, it can be very, very pleasant. When I'm resisting it and thinking it shouldn't be there, it's really unpleasant. And so, you know, we, we, we think we need to resist the tiredness because we have this idea that we need to be uh, not sleepy in order to be mindful. We've got this idea, well, sleepy, it means not mindful. Um, so we resist the sleepiness, so it gets very unpleasant, and then this whole spiral of got to fix this, got to change this kicks in. So if you can just not resist the sleepiness 
and just feel what it's like or the tiredness? What is it like? Sometimes when you don't resist it and you actually uh, notice the pleasantness of that, it adds a little bit of energy to the system (laughs) so that you can stay with it a little bit longer. Uh, Your mind will wander off. You might actually drop, you know, that'll wake you up. (laughs) So play with it a little while with this idea that you uh, can observe it and it's not a problem, absolutely not a problem to be sleepy and tired. It's a state, it's natural, it's normal. You can use that too. This is nature, the nature of mind right now. I didn't get, I got six hours of sleep last night. I'm tired, okay. Tiredness is what's happening. So if you cannot resist it, that helps to make it easier to be present for it. And then if you find after a while that you want to open your eyes or stand up, that's fine. But play with it a little bit. Don't have the assumption necessarily that sleepiness means not mindful or tiredness means can't be mindful because you, you definitely can, it's definitely possible to be mindful while sleepy. I had had this experience on an, uh, an early retreat where uh, I, I recognized at some point how tired I was and and I was sitting there, and I, I allowed it. I, you know, I just allowed it, and I, I got very, very clear about it. And just like I felt the kind of descent of this relaxation through the body. Very, very pleasant body experience. And then the mind went into this very pleasant kind of delta wave something, you know, just went into this just lovely vibratory, you know, kind of state. And I got to the point during that sitting that I would know right before, there was some indication somehow, I'm not sure what it was, but some indication that my body was going to fall forward. And I could feel that. At that point I intervened by straightening up the spine a little bit. And then I let the whole thing happen again. Feeling the relaxation. It was like this lovely... Oh, great. It was great, I tell you. <laughs> somebody, when I described that at one, in one class, somebody said, isn't that cheating? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so play with it. Play with it a little bit. I encourage you. It's great. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> Have fun with your sleepiness. <laughs> so... Um, I'd like to stop now for lunch. It's a little, it's a 12, 11. And um, you're welcome to, in having your lunch, please stay silent and practice awareness while eating. Notice what happens to you while you're eating. Just staying in that gentle awareness, open awareness. Um, Noticing what the food is like, what your, you know, your moods and emotions are, what the physical experience is. Um, and silent, um, please no talking during the the lunch break. And we can set up a few tables in the um, community hall, maybe two or three. Um, would you help with that? And then there's some chairs 
you can take folding chairs, which are in the cabinet around the, just on the outside of the meditation hall, just around the corner to the right as you're leaving the meditation hall. There's some cabinets where there's some folding chairs. You're welcome to take those folding chairs and put them around the tables in the community hall or take a folding chair outside if you'd like to sit outside in the shade. Um, you're welcome to do that. But please do, if you bring a chair outside, bring it in at the end of lunch period. We'll have um, until uh, 1.30 for lunch. And we'll come back at 1.30. So any questions? Any questions about, have I missed anything? Forgotten anything? There's tea. You're welcome to the tea. So enjoy your lunch.